Chopping Wood Inside podcast, the Twin Peaks podcast for conspiracy theorists and aficionados. I'm your host, Murphy. I think my friend Tom's out there somewhere. Good evening, Murphy. How are you doing? Good evening, sir. How are you? I'm doing pretty well, myself. I'm doing uh, well, just uh, eagerly awaiting part 10. Here it is about 45 hours from part 10. And this one is entitled, Lore is the One. So I think expectations are running pretty high that uh, if we don't see Laura Palmer, I think that we'll get a reference to Laura Palmer at least. Well, someone's got to say it in the, you know, there's a lot of dialogue, right? That's what we're all expecting. Is he going to like, you know, change the, the rules here on us here at the, uh, one of the most important titled episodes of the season? Yeah, well, that's been the pattern to have a line of dialogue. I mean, I wouldn't be completely shocked, right, if he (laughs) did that. Dude, just watching the Dougie close-up from last episode when, like, half the country was on the edge of their seats, you know, and he didn't wake up. It's like, I wouldn't put it past him to do that, too. One final little joke. But, hey, dude, it's perfect timing, like, uh, narrative-wise, for her to show up. I think this is the perfect time. I agree. I agree. Here we are past the halfway point. We had that great scene in part eight where the giant levitated and, you know, basically created, you know, Laura Palmer, the essence, the spirit of Laura Palmer. Uh, We think that that's what it was. And basically it got uh, uh, shot out into space and, you know, to planet Earth. So um, I am eagerly awaiting some kind of Cheryl Lee sighting, whether it be Laura Palmer um, or another you know, version of, well, I mean, Cheryl Lee, obviously. I mean, I think what my theory is that possibly if we're going to see Cheryl Lee, which we all suspect that we will, um, she will not be living as Laura Palmer. I believe like after she was violently, you know, taken from the, the, the Black Lodge in part two, that her journey might mimic what we're seeing with Cooper in Dougie Land, whereas she somehow became, you know, got put on, you know, you know, Earth somewhere in obviously North America and is living the life of someone else. Now, that could be a reference to the mysterious Linda. It could be a reference to Judy. It could be a completely different character. But I would be willing to bet that when we see her, and uh, she will not be going by the name of Laura Palmer. But just like Cooper is living as Dougie, someone eventually, I think, is going to recognize him as Agent Cooper. And if that doesn't snap him out of it, I don't know what the hell will. I wouldn't think even that would snap him out of it, right? If you just say, hey, you're Dale Cooper, he's not going to wake up. I think it's going to take, you know, some time anyway. Something, I think something traumatic would have to happen or something cataclysmic. Just like uh, when Ike the Spike came out of the, you know, with, with the gun. I think something has to shake him out of it. 
Yeah, I'm not gonna. I, I would not be surprised if he is visited by the one armed man again, or somehow he either has a vision, a dream, and winds up in the Black Lodge somehow, or some, or or something like you know, like Laura's painting in Fire Walk with Me, and is somehow kind of instructed or led by the one armed man. And slowly regains his identity that way because I think we've all been waiting for Dougie to wake up. Here, it's been really like you know six episodes since he you know emerged from the Black Lodge, and we've had little hints here and there. But I'm starting to suspect now that it's not going to be. We've had coffee. We've had you know references to agent. We've seen him see the American flag. You know, all these different things and nothing has snapped him out of it. So I think it might be something uh, like otherworldly, some other help, because we're, we know that he's been getting, you know, whether clues from either the one our man or the Black Lodge, whether it be at the casino, with the case files, with Ike the Spike. So I'm thinking it's going to be something related to, you know, the, the, the Black Lodge that might help him eventually wake up. Yeah, I mean, in a way, I'm kind of more interested in Mr. C's story and to see whether he has Bob in him and to see what his plans are because he's never really revealed them the entire season. So I don't really know what he's up to, um, nor do we know if Bob's within him. But I think that in a weird way, like Dougie's kind of lulled me to sleep with this story. <laughs> well, yeah, no. I mean, I think it's gotten to that point where it can't go much further status quo with him just like you know, he hasn't been in the last couple episodes you know what i'm saying they really pulled him back you know we haven't missed him at all you know so it's like hey maybe well just we've only really had we we didn't have him in part eight and then in part seven and part nine he really only had one scene um the part seven was the best one so far that was the you know the cobra cooper and i thought you know in this last episode that you know after seeing uh the flag and the red shoes and then the electrical socket that something might you know snap to but we didn't get anything, and then we didn't return to his storyline in the last episode. So I'm just thinking now that you know we're we're halfway done, that something is 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 going to happen very soon, but it won't be something expected. And like I was just saying, I think it's going to be um, some otherworldly you know help, some spiritual help from whether the one our man or someone else in the Black Lodge, because I don't know how much longer we're going to spend in Vegas. I do think we're going to spend at least another couple episodes there because I don't think we're done with the Mitchum brothers. This is the characters played by um, Belushi and Nepper. And we also have the possibility that there's going to be another hitman hired by either Duncan Todd to take out Dougie or Hutch and Chantal are going to wind up in Vegas taking out Dougie. Maybe Duncan's just going to do the job himself finally. <laughs> Who? <laughs> Duncan. Who just, I didn't hear you. <laughs> Duncan. Oh, Duncan. Duncan. He's, he's going yeah, to take it. matters yeah. into his own hands and do it. Well, yeah, I think that uh, – I think he is. I, I think we're going to get another, like, hitman, and uh, it's going to fail, and then we're going to get eventually Chantal and, and Hutch to do it. But I'm just – that seems just – I'm a little like bored with that. We've had like two hitmen. Yeah, I think something's gonna have to disrupt it. We're gonna need yeah. a Desuk's Machinath kind of situation where something's gonna have to disrupt this entire storyline, I think. Yeah, I agree. And we don't know where Mr. C is going. We don't think I don't think that he's going straight to Vegas. You would think that after all these mishaps, that he'd say, Fuck it, I'm gonna go, you know, take matters into my own hands and, and go, you know, eliminate Dougie. But I still am a little confused. Well, more than a little confused. Here they are existing 
you know, in the same, you know, realm. And, you know, apparently the, the rule from the Black Lodge via the evolution of the arm is that they can't coexist, but yet they are. So if they are, if they, if they do that coexist... That just proves that a lot of those Lodge rules are total bullshit. <laughs> just the little man drunk, just writing all these crazy ideas down the ground. Like, a lot of them don't really apply, well, right? well, I just, like, what's the point then for Mr. C of, like, wasting all this time or spending all this time of trying to eliminate Cooper... When you know, it, oh, or is he just fine? Yeah, dealing. They're they're all they're okay. He's able they're to coexisting. do yeah. right, and he's obviously he doesn't know that he's Dougie, and he's basically like you know senior drool cup redux. But uh, he he's not doing anything that's thwarting Mr. C's plans. Yeah, you would so, think that like when the, we got the era of thing like in episode three or four, like I thought that that was going to show like the beginning of like that these two guys could not coexist on the same timeline like physically like it would start to destroy them and they right. seem perfectly fine yeah well i've been reading ever. uh the uh the ronnie rocket screenplay this is a uh, a script that lynch wrote right after he completed eraserhead and it was the project that he wanted to uh direct right after eraserhead but for a number of reasons it, it didn't happen and he wound up doing the elephant man well he he would eventually i mean he he came back to this screenplay, this story, like after every one of his films, but for a myriad of reasons that he was unable to produce it. And it got to a point where I think it just became, you know, like, you know, you know, unproducible. And um, I was very curious during the production. Like, I came across something and it led me to like revisit the Ronnie Rocket screenplay. And when I did read it again after many years, and now watching the series now, there are a, a lot of parallels. So I think what Lynch is doing is maybe he's realized that he'll never produce Ronnie Rocket and that maybe he's pulling some of the elements of that story and incorporating them into the new season of Twin Peaks because he's already done that. And I had forgotten about this. You know the classic scene in the last episode of the original series where Cooper enters the lodge and he sees little Jimmy Scott singing Sycamore Trees? Yeah. Um, that was in the script of the original Ronnie Rocket. Now, not Jimmy Scott singing it, but some character, a woman, I believe, in Ronnie Rocket was singing, and it was the exact same lyrics. So he took that, and he's already already done it in the world of Twin Peaks, has taken a piece of Ronnie Rocket and incorporated it into Twin Peaks. But if you read the Ronnie Rocket screenplay, I won't go too much into it, but um, uh, two of the big things that I think are drawing you know parallels to the new series is the uh, main character is played as a detective and basically the detective has an identity crisis and we find out that basically the major villain of Ronnie Rocket and the detective are one and the same which draws a parallel to the doppelganger everything he's ever done well yeah that's true that's (laughs) true and then the end of the screenplay is these parallel storylines which involves the, the titular character Ronnie Rocket who is this, you know, this this little person who was going to be played by Michael J. Anderson um, and the detective basically merging and uh, turning into basically these these well, one turn the detective turns into a golden uh, orb of some sort. And then the, the little dwarf turns into a golden egg 
and they ascend and they merge with this character named the Smiling Woman, which could be, you know, not an allusion to uh, Laura Palmer, but that's what I was kind of getting from this thing. So I think Lynch is doing that. So if anyone out there wants to revisit the Ronnie Rocket screenplay, it's a great read. It's very, very bizarre. You can see why it was never produced, but there are some parallels. So my thinking with going back to the original tangent with Mr. C and and Cooper is I think that instead of having this tete-a-tete, this you know, man versus man, the two, you know, uh, you know the shadow self and, and Cooper basically meeting face to face and having some kind of conflict and one of them, you know, dying and one of them winning. I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's going to be more abstract, whether it's going to be the two of them merging and, you know, them fighting it out, you know, in an abstract fashion or merging and not even kind of knowing it, a la the kind of like trifecta of Cooper, Dougie, and Mr. C. I think we might be going along that pattern in some sort, uh, or in some fashion. So, because uh, I just don't think it's gonna be very clear um, what happens when these two storylines do meet. Because I just think it will just be, it's not up Lynch's, you know, I just don't see Lynch doing that it just seems like you know having yeah he's not gonna mystery. do that. he's not gonna do yeah. like some conflict battle where they're fighting like a john woo movie no way not well yeah we, we've talked about this but um yeah i just think it's gonna be i think obviously the lodge is gonna have a, an important um part to play in that but i am anxiously awaiting not only for cooper to wake up just like every fan but to see obviously you know what the impetus is and then how he gets to Twin Peaks because it's called the return. We know that Cooper is going to get to Twin Peaks at some point. You know, so what is going to be that moment that turns him on to going to Twin Peaks? And my thinking is, since this episode is entitled Laura is the One, that somehow Laura Palmer or, you know, you know, a version of Laura Palmer, whether she's named that or not, is going to be the key, you know, ingredient component for getting Cooper to Twin Peaks because I think they're going to meet at some point and wind up going to Twin Peaks together. Is there any way that Laura Palmer's hanging out with Donna Hayward somewhere in some alternative universe? <laughs> Donna Hayward. <laughs> you, Lenny Von Dolan? Yeah. Do you speak. think we're going to have any mention of Donna Hayward in the, you know, the upcoming nine episodes or do you think the closest we got to Maybe the Ben Horn. Isn't Ben is Horn a father? Well, I mean. That. Has that been yeah. uh, retconned? been changed out well i don't know I I, probably not i mean i guess not obviously they've cut her out there's no you know indication that any other actress is going to play her so no i don't think so well you She's know gonna... that gersten hayward who is played by alicia witt she was the in uh yeah she she's in she's it, right? uh, yeah she's in she's on the cast list yeah. but she is also a singer songwriter and he could oh, very yeah, well just have her performing yeah. at the roadhouse that'd be and cool that, and the same princess outfit with the tiara <laughs> that would be the same great. song dun, 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 <laughs> oh oh and by the way today is harry dean stanton's 91st birthday oh my god give it up harry dean 91 91 and he's been smoking for 75 of those <laughs> yeah, every fucking yeah. day but it did get me thinking that possibly this is more kind of a hope i think because Paris, Texas is, is one of my uh, favorite films. It's actually my co-favorite film along with Blue Velvet. And uh, he doesn't do any singing, but Terry Dean is known to, he's, he's, a good, he's a good crooner. He played the guitar, sang in like movies like Cool Hand Luke. But in, the, in Paris, Texas on the soundtrack, he sang a couple of Mexican ballads. And 
I would hope it possible that Lynch being like, you know, maybe, you know, this swan song, and it very well could possibly be Harry Dean Stanton's like, you know, one of his final roles. I know he's in a new film uh, coming out, but it would Didn't be he have great. a really good song that he sang to Lynch in, uh, in the documentary about him? Like, was there something where he sang in the documentary? Well, he was always guitar. pulling out his yeah, guitar, but my, songs, yeah, my hope is that they have one of these endings that isn't at the Roadhouse, but it's Harry Dean at the Fat Trout. Just like, you know, sitting outside his trailer, strumming his guitar, and singing some song while the credits roll. I would love to see that. Then the box monster comes out and just pushes his head. <laughs> box monster? No, <laughs> box monster. No, no, no. Um, I always thought that he might because he was abducted with a log lady when he was a kid, you know, in the secret history of Twin Peaks. So I thought since he saw that, uh, you know, golden uh, light go up for the kid and the electrical wires in episode six or five yeah. or seven or whatever yeah. that was, that maybe... Uh, you know, he does have some kind of uh, connection to the lodge or some spirit. No, he lodge. certainly does. Yeah, and uh, do you think we're going to see more of that at all? Yeah, I do. I don't think we're you done think with... there's going to be some fat trout trailer park action going on with. I do. I, I do. I, and, yeah. I, I think there was a reason why Caleb. they moved uh, the fat trout to Twin Peaks. It's now the new fat trot trailer park and obviously you know harry dean as carl rod is is back in the story so yeah i had i i, I thought that maybe we're gonna get um some more scenes of the fat trout i was thinking perhaps maybe since we've been introduced to becky and steven you know we know that you know they're married and they they don't have a lot of money they're addicted to drugs that you know it would be interesting maybe if they lived at the fat trot trailer park because uh, they're established characters, you know, at least you know so far. There, I don't think there are any other established characters in Twin Peaks. So I think that if they went to the new, uh, the new Fat Trot Trailer Park, it would be interesting to have established characters, and it could very well be Becky and Steven. So I, I don't think we're done there. So I think we're going to go back. Well, we're running out of time. Do you think we're going to see uh, like maybe I'm thinking maybe no Major Briggs at all next episode? Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. I agree. I think Buckhorn is, is wrapping So we're going to focus on Dougie and Mr. C again and, you know, what else? Uh, more? Yeah. Um, That's it, probably. Well, yeah, no, I think that – well, no, I think Twin Peaks. I think, you know, uh, I don't think Truman, Hawk, and Bobby are going to uh, trek to Jackrabbit's Palace quite yet because I think – they said it was like two days time. So I think that's going to be in the subsequent episode or even the one after that. But I think we're going to get more at, at in Twin Peaks. I think we're, I would, I would predict that, um, and it's not about predictions, but I just think that it just makes sense that we're, we're eventually going to spend more and more time in Twin Peaks. I think we're going to get, you know, Becky and Steven. I think we might have the red character return and, or, um, little Dickie Horn, uh, possibly the, the new Fat Trot trailer park. I think Sarah Palmer is, and we talked about in last week's preview, we thought that instead of the, 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 the cops basically going to Betty Briggs, we thought that maybe Hawk, since he had the, found the missing pages, that he would go to Sarah Palmer. And I still think that's a, a strong possibility. We know she's going to show up at some point. And I just think that... Well, what would they be looking for? Uh, it seems like they're kind of on the case. I would think that Hawk is like, okay, I've, di I've discovered what uh, the log lady was, you know, trying to get me to discover. And so that there's no reason for me to follow up on the lore letters. Like, what's the point of that? Well, you know, the, the one thing that was kind of in addition to um, the missing diary pages was Hawk's line saying that uh, that's three of four. There's still a missing page. And I don't think that they would have included that line of dialogue if there wasn't going to be... Like uh, some kind of yeah, other the, fourth, the hunt for the fourth page. Th yeah, and maybe that's the the reason why Hawk visits Sarah Palmer, or maybe someone at the the police station, whether it's Truman or Bobby, and and and, and kind of because we're we're slowly 
we're slowly hearing Laura Palmer again, right? In the world of Twin Peaks. We saw Bobby in part four. Um, obviously, we got the missing pages. Um, we've got Ben Horn with Beverly um, after getting the key. He mentions the story of Laura Palmer. So she's now, and it seems like, you know, a lot of people have forgotten about this. It, and we discussed this. It, it only makes sense that something is horrific and tragic that happened 25 years ago would kind of be swept up under the rug but here we are again 25 years later it's slowly coming to the front and here we have the title Laura's the one so I think that uh, they're preparing us for a return to you know that original mystery and you know Cheryl Lee you know as as Laura Palmer in some kind of version really kind of returning to the, the narrative in some fashion and actually within the town of Twin Peaks yeah, you know, I wish we like the search for that fourth page. Wouldn't it be great if we had some kooky high school kids that would like get be up to no good and we want to hunt down like that fourth page for us, like uh, James and Donna and Maddie did in the original series? Right, but we got nobody. You know, like I, I want some kids, like like uh, like Riverdale. You know, what I'm saying just like to have the kooky kids like out there like uh, trying to solve something. We like have the zero, little uh, Hardy zero Boys zero and Nancy yeah. Drew thing. Yeah, I like we got that. Zero Nancy Drews in the first Hardy season. Boys. Yeah, we don't have that. It's just that. It's direct. Um, we haven't established um, real, we've gotten some characters like especially in this last episode Sky Ferreira and the other I think it's Chloe and Ella but we don't know who the hell they are obviously they're strung out you know probably on Sparkle. yeah they don't seem very inquisitive <laughs> they don't know we don't have any scratch of their armpit they're not, they're not, yeah, right. not going to discover anything yeah but I think we're going to get like I mean obviously I think James is going to return to the fold I mean he was you know Laura's secret lover and uh, he was the one who actually said in the pilot episode that you know she was the one referring to Laura. I don't think yeah, he's maybe he'll say come that. back and say it again. Well, I just think he's going to come back. I think he's going to play a pivotal role. And we know Big Ed. He's and him and uh, Big Ed and and Audrey are really I think the two big uh, missing characters so far. I mean, I, I think there's a couple of peripheral players that, 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 that haven't. Well, she showed up in uh, episode five, second. right? Yeah. With but I think she's going to have a, a little bit of a meteor role, too. I wouldn't be surprised. So um, how do we have time for any of those characters to show up other than just, like, ancillary, you know, cameos? You know what I mean? Well, but it's been like that. We've had that whole thing with Dr. Jacoby, right? I mean, I, I don't think we're done with him. I think he's going to return. I mean, it's the whole motif with the gold, right? With the gold shovel, we got the gold orb. We have that nebulous gold blob, you know, um, within the atomic explosion. We have this gold motif. We've got this alchemy motif. So I mean, it seems I, like we have so many storylines that are going right now. You know what I mean? Like so much going on that it seems crazy that we would be adding in any other storylines without the, any of the old characters. So, but obviously they'll have to tie them into some of these active storylines. Well, I think that's where they're going to go. Like I think Buckhorn is kind of wrapping up. I don't really think there's much more to do in Maybe Buckhorn. the farm you've been uh, so you know pondering so much for the last week is uh, Big Ed's oil gas farm or whatever. Maybe that's... Uh, <laughs> that's right. There you go. Big Ed's gas farm. Well, we don't know where Ray is. I think that's where Mr. C is headed to. Um, when I was thinking about um, the coordinates, because that's what Mr. C wants, Briggs, Major Briggs, he didn't have the coordinates because he actually asked Ruth and Lillard's character, Bill Hastings, to get him the coordinates, which they found in the, the database of, of the military, the branch of the Air Force, I presume, which me, me, leads me to believe, why didn't Cooper, who's like a master hacker 3000, just somehow hack into that database to get the coordinates instead of having to rely on good old Ray to get to get those those numbers. I have no idea. That's a good question. So I guess yes. like uh, you know, Mister Mister C, 
do you think Mr. C and Major Briggs are going to have some sort of uh, connection point at some point? Like they're going to have a storyline merging? Well, I don't think we're going to get, you know, uh, Major Briggs, uh, you know, as a, like a proper character. I mean, I think that we're getting, you know, his, you know, we're, we're seeing. kind of like they imply that he lived, you know what I'm saying, this last, uh, with the Lillard monologue. I mean, it really seems like he is alive and he is a live living god, you know, out there floating <laughs> yeah. around like a head, you right. know, solving crimes and, you know, making sure the universe is okay, like the ascended master or whatever, you know. So I think he is. Uh, you know, I think that he he's going to play a part. He's going to play a big part in the next few episodes. Well, yeah, I think that if conflict with Mr. C somehow. anything he could be, they could do something interesting with the, the CGI like they did with his floating head in part three, where he, you know, he returns as a messenger of some sorts, a la the giant in the original series to Cooper or someone by saying, you know, giving him another message like he did like the Blue Rose. Uh, because it, it, obviously when he ascended and his head disappeared, leaving his body behind, right before he did, he said Cooper Cooper. Now, was that just a message to Lillard and Ruth Hastings? I highly doubt it. But why did he say that at that particular point? It's a yeah, call. Why did he say that? That didn't make sense to me. I mean, he, it seems like that's kind of narcissistic, or you know, it's very. <laughs> there's other. There's a lot of other things going on in the universe. I'd imagine than Cooper. Like, what's up with Cooper? Cooper Cooper. Is it a clue to uh, Hastings to then give to Tammy to give to Lynch? To you know, to it was that that had to be the reason why he said it, right? It wasn't some like thing for him, you know, to ascend up. To, that wasn't like the magic words he said. He was leaving that behind. Yeah. Well, it could be also a, uh, a reference to the uh, the other clue that he left, um, in addition to Jack Rabbit's Palace, with those you know the series of letters and numbers with Cooper Cooper, which was you know originally you know uh, referenced in the or seen in the original series. So it could be a, a reference to that, you know, um, the Cooper Cooper. So I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, unless Mr. C was there during that, we don't know. I mean, we only got what Lillard's character, uh, Bill Hastings. Uh, communicated during his confession. So I don't think, uh, your question, I don't think we're going to have a scene of, of Major Briggs um, with Mr. C, some kind of confrontation. But I do think it's possible, like I said, that we return to, to him in some fashion as some kind of messenger of, of good. But I really am firmly believing now, since Major Briggs did not have those coordinates, and he asked Lillard, or Hastings and Ruth Davenport to get them, that they are to the White Lodge because that's what they were looking for in the original series. I don't think he ever was able to uh, attain those coordinates. I think it's possible during the intervening 25 years that maybe, you know, that whoever took over listening post alpha or if it did continue, I'm assuming that it did, that they were able to find those coordinates and it is to the White Lodge and that's why Mr. C wants it. Um, but it's curious that we have not had no reference to the White Lodge at this point, or even the Black Lodge. I mean, we've had it m mentioned one time, but I think maybe in the second half of the series, it's going to amp up. We're going to we're going to we're going to get just that. We're going to hear the White Lodge and hear more about the Black Lodge. Well, did you see on that uh, Bill Hastings website that those coordinates at the bottom, like someone actually tracked down like the location and like he he shot a video of it. It's on Twitter. It's like just out in the middle of a field. <laughs> <laughs> like, is that going to be the spot where, like, Woodstock is for the rest of the world? Like, is that, <laughs> the are those the Woodstock? coordinates? Like, is that, I mean, how could those be the coordinates? You know, did Ruth I think put the coordinates that... on, the, on the website just in case they're hand washed off? You know? Like, oh, no, I, th they get I, think, I think those are the coordinates uh, to uh, enter the zone. I don't think those are the coordinates 
that Mr. C wants and that Major Briggs wanted as well. I think whatever those coordinates are very well may be the White Lodge and it very well may be in the Twin Peaks area. I don't think it's Jackrabbit's Palace. I think it's in close proximity to uh, Glastonbury Grove, if not the same location, but like a different time. You know, it could be the the two five three or the four three zero could be a reference to entering the White Lodge. We we don't know, but I think well, what the they're zone, putting... it didn't look anything like I thought it would. I thought it was going to be like a forest or some cave. Although I forgot, there's no trees in South Dakota. <laughs> right, like, there right. was it was just a flat, <laughs> just a, it was a prairie. Just, that's it. Right. So right. I Did you also me. notice so, in yeah. um, in the last episode? And I don't know. This might just be like just little like visual, you know, kind of like you know. Uh, comic well lynch giving a little visual cue, visual cue but it might not mean anything but when betty briggs went over to the chair and said this is the chair and took out that little like metallic cylinder thing that chair it's not the exact same chair agent cooper was sitting in uh during the first scene of the episode but that pattern on the chair looks exactly the same as the chair he was sitting in when he was talking to the giant in the first episode hmm that's interesting. The Lucy, same Lucy and are getting chairs. There's some chairs going on. There's chairs all over the place. Well, yeah. I just, I, mean, uh, I, I don't think it, sit, A lot of people are sitting down in the Black Lodge, obviously. There's lots of chairs there. So. There's a lot of waiting. There is a waiting room. So it makes sense that there there are chairs and, you know, maybe coffee is served. Obviously, coffee was there's served. There's a gym. Again. There's a gym. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think there's Pilates a gym. with a giant. I don't yeah. think so. But um, <laughs> well, let me ask you, like with, with Laura, I mean, do you firmly believe um, that – she like you know after the giant you know the scene in part eight where you know she was her essence appeared in that gold orb and was shot onto you know into our, our you know onto our planet somewhere do you do you really believe that she is the creation of the giant or do you think that was more kind of like a, a symbolic um, reference to like the goodness that's going to thwart you know Bob and the evil and it's represented by Laura Palmer. Uh, well, I obviously don't know, but I would hope that it's a metaphor. You know, I don't yeah. want it to be an actuality right. because I think that's, uh, I don't know. Like we've discussed this a lot. I, I, I would hope that it's some sort of metaphor that she is one of the good ones, one of the Golden Orbers, Golden Orb crew. Uh, uh, you know, maybe. I mean, obviously they put her face on there for some reason. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, since you and I've discussed, I didn't know Lynch had some religious backgrounds and stuff like that. And if you wanted to throw in some Christ references, then uh, he might well do it. But I personally think of it as a metaphor, and unless he tells me something that's on the nose, I probably will continue to have my own interpretation. And I right. suspect he's not going to tell us on the nose. So, but that's my—I I keep thinking of it as a metaphor um, for good, I guess. Well, Laura, Palmer, it's still unclear. I'm not sure. Well, Laura Palmer was, you know, kind of the the second in a, a, a line of of these, you know, heroines in, in Lynch's films. I think Dorothy Valens. In Blue Velvet was the first uh, female heroine to really be subjected to you know uh, violence and abuse and to go through this you know tumultuous roller coaster ride and ultimately having some kind of like happy resolution where she's reunited with her son. Well, we get that with Laura Palmer. We didn't get it in the series, but Lynch took care of it in Firewalk with Me. You know, at the end, and we've talked about this that she's you know reunited. They're not reunited, but she's you know showing her angel. She's given a happy ending, and um, Lynch continued that with Mulholland Drive and Inland Empire with his female protagonists um, going through these you know these these hellish journeys 
And even though Mulholland Drive and both Inland Empire are, are very, very abstract and their, their endings are, are open to interpretation, I certainly subscribe that they are like happy endings. And, you know, Diane and or Betty in Mulholland Drive is reunited with her true love. <laughs> I'm not sure that the end of Mulholland Drive is a happy ending. Oh, I think it is. I, if you think of <laughs> Mulholland Drive as a... Well, no, I mean, there's all kinds, but I really think of it as, as kind of like a Hollywood ghost story. It's like a Hollywood cautionary tale. But at the very end of that film, where you see, uh, you know, Betty and, and Rita, you know, um, together, and yeah, they're kind shot. of like yeah. superimposed Happy. over like Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and it's like they're looking at the city, you know, at, you know, that the, they've reached some kind of like, you know, like, you know, fate, some kind of resolution, some kind of like happy, and they're together in Hollywood. And I, I know it's kind of like pedantic, but um, no, it's kind of like, I mean, I'm not going to really go too deep into it, but I think it's, it was, it really was a love story, you know, um, you know, below the surface between the two of them. And I think with like, she was obviously dead. The Rita character was, was murdered by, you know, Diane, not by Diane, but she put the hit out on her. And I think that, you know, that they were reunited in, like, Lynch's version of an afterlife. And I think it, the same thing happened in, in Inland Empire. Not, obviously, the same story, but with the Laura Dern character. Played two characters, Nikki Grace and Sue Blue. And uh, you have a very similar uh, ending with um, the, the Laura Dern character and then the Polish, which I think was, like, the Lost Girl was her name in the credits or whatever. Having these really kind of, like, you know, um, ambiguously happy endings. So to tie this into Twin Peaks is that I think... I think Lynch now um, in this series is somehow going to kind of reinsert Laura Palmer into the narrative and it's going to be more so than a victim of uh, abuse and molestation, a triumphing over that. It's going to be bigger than that with with Bob and, you know, the, the nature of evil itself. So I think that we got a clue with that, with the giant, with her representing this, 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 this goodness, this light, and we're going to go on a little mini arc journey with Laura Palmer in these these last nine episodes, and she is going to get the proper ending that that I think that Lynch thinks that she deserves. Uh, now that you bring up Mulholland Drive, one thing I heard a couple of days ago that I'd never even known that Cheryl Lee and Phoebe Augustine, like Laura and Renette, are in the audience in the Mulholland Drive theater in the movie. No, 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 no. I mean, I think that's not true. Well, okay, there are two characters. There's a woman, there are two women, and there's a blonde and a brunette. The blonde looks a lot like Cheryl Lee. The brunette doesn't really look anything like Phoebe Augustine, but I've seen that before where a lot of people were suggesting that A, it was them. Oh, I heard that Lynch like confirmed it that it was them. No, I don't think so. I've I've never read that. Yeah, I was like, I'd never heard that before. I don't think so. I think that's one of these little. I want to go back and put it back on and see if can you get. Do you get a good shot of them? You can see them. Yeah, they're to the they're on the right hand side of the frame, and uh, yeah, you can you can see. Yeah, no, and I don't think I don't. It could be anything. Where I mean, Lynch is is said I think on one occasion that like the world of of Lost Highway. And maybe Mulholland Drive and Twin Peaks, they're all like kind of within the same world to some extent. And there, there is like, you know, some meat on the bone there. Wasn't but, Mulholland um, Drive going to be like Audrey in L.A., like a spinoff of Twin yeah, Peaks? Yeah, it was originally. Yeah, it was. And I think like Frost was involved in that, that. For, very briefly. That would have been great. But um, what he wanted to do with Mulholland Drive was, you know, create this central like mystery and then go off on all these little tangents and never really kind of like solve the mystery like he had to with Twin Peaks. Well, he's kind of getting to do that again in this new iteration. 
um, and going with, and I think that's why we're getting, like you were saying, like, do we really have time for Nadine and Big Ed? Well, I think that we are. This is like a James Joycean kind of, uh, like, Ulysses where all these little tangents, like, you know, they might not seem to, like, fit together, but it's the world that they're creating. And I think it's taken me a little bit of time to kind of get accustomed to that. And I'm okay with it, that we're not going to maybe get some strong resolution with like, you know, maybe a Jacoby, a Nadine, or even, you know, a James or a Shelley. But to well, see there's them, nothing to resolve at this point. You just stop popping in there. But that's the standard television convention, right? If you're going to go ahead and introduce the character into your narrative, they've got to have like, you know, some kind of like meaning to the plot. It goes back to that, that, that scene in Fargo. Remember that with that scene in Fargo, the, the, ser- the uh, movie Fargo, where it's that one scene where uh, Frances McDormand, the narrative stops cold, the record scratch, er, and she meets like some old high school flame like Mr. Nagasaki or whatever. And uh, they have that like five minute scene together that has nothing to do with the plot whatsoever. He is just lonely. He's, he makes up a story about his wife, like being sick, and he really wants to just have sex with her. And it shows a lot about the, the, the dynamic, the relationship and her character. But you would think that any studio exec would go like, cut, 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 it doesn't mean anything. But it really kind of enriches the film. And I think that's what kind of Lynch and Frost are doing yeah, here really at like Peaks. Yeah, I love that scene. That we're getting not a conventional TV, and they're uh, you know playing by their own rules. So, like I said, it's taken me a little time to kind of really kind of adapt to it. I think it's the same with a lot of viewers. Um, but this is what we're getting. I mean, I think even over these last nine hours, I don't think it's going to turn into a conventional series, and it's just going to be this rapid, rapidly paced narrative. And we're gonna like get rid of all the you know ancillary you know uh, subplots. And no, characters. remember the finale of the first original season, like season two. They had the the guy in the bank like shuffling across the stuff for like eight minutes. That <laughs> there was all kinds of long drawn out scenes, even in the original series. There's not they're not gonna start like you know fast cutting and, and really make it's gonna remain the same pace throughout. Well, there's the a there's a the huge show. difference between the 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 season ending cliffhanger season one which Mark Frost directed, which literally is like, you know, uh, like MTV, like quick, 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 cut, cut, cut. There's so much going on in that. In fact, there was a, uh, an interesting line Did you say Mark that, Frost directed that? Yeah, he directed the, oh, the last episode I of the first that. season. That's awesome. So Lynch saw that episode, right? And uh, the quote is like, hey, oh, Mark. Shit. You, you know, he goes, so uh, you got a lot of things really going on that night in Twin Peaks, huh? Like basically like you know, there was a lot of action. <laughs> a lot and of action had, in one night. Yeah. And then Lynch... I was so making a chair. <laughs> and then Lynch comes and directs the next episode, and he spends the first 15 minutes with Senior Drool Cup and the Giant with Agent Cooper in his room. I mean, he, like, slowed it down completely. So, and, like, and same thing with the last episode where you had that bank scene. I mean, Lynch, like, I think evolved, like, his filmmaking style evolved between the first and the second season where he really kind of, like, slowed the action down. And if you look at the missing pieces, you'll see... Like, you know, where he as now as an artist, he didn't direct those scenes. Those were directed in 91, 92. Um, but the way he edited them, edited them is like, you know, what we're seeing now. He loves these kind of like drawn out scenes with these open spaces and these pauses and a lack of music. It's just how he's evolved as an artist. If we had a death pool, do you think some main characters are going to die? And who would you think would be in like your top three? Bobby would be one. Bobby? Yeah, Bobby would be one. I think Janie E Heroic. would be two. And I think three would be Becky. Mm. I'd say you? Cooper, Cooper, and then maybe Becky. 
Becky's not good. Wait, wait, two Coopers or just the same Cooper? Yeah, Cooper, Cooper, and Becky. Yeah, I think those would be my. Okay. Well, choice. if you someone besides Cooper, uh, Cooper Lillard, Becky. You think they're? Do you think we're done with uh, Bill Hastings? No, I don't. I do not. You don't. I hope not, but I don't. I don't think so either. I think he's he's an integral character. I don't know how they're going to continue this, but I imagine the. The woodsman Dugpa Yusudi angle, and that they haunt him, and that they're around, that that could tie in. Because there's all that shit that went on with Mr. C and killing Phyllis. I mean, look at his entire three of his four, like the, the secretary, Ruth, and his wife are all dead, and he's left. And so there's all kinds of shit going on. So there's a lot of mystery to be unfolded there that I think uh, I'd like to see the, the acting stylings of Matthew Lillard participate in. So I hope he will be back or continue to be uh, a force. I want Lillard to be the new Leland. I think I said that before. Well, do you think that he is, you know, like host to? Yeah, something like that. Like he still could be a host. Like you know what I mean? Like Leland could go and bullshit. Remember when Jacques Renault he got arrested for Jacques Renault? Like he could bullshit. Right. You know, this could be a complete bull. Like he doesn't. He's not connected with the the, the city connector inside of him. Maybe a little city egg. <laughs> Maybe a bug crawl. You thought a bug might crawl out of his mouth to the interrogation. Maybe that'll be something. Well, you there. said that that was the uh, the metamorphosis, right? You thought that there. Might oh, yeah, he be... just wakes up the next day as a bug, and right. he's just yeah. a bug. Yeah, we've got Kafka. Um, but yeah, so I, I expect more things from him. Not in the next episode for some reason, but I I do also think that like that Lynch and that that people would be interested in seeing where the zone is, um, and they wouldn't just go, okay, well, we'll move on. Well, do you think the zone is accessible like at all times? Like if you just well, he go... was just there a week ago and stuff, so it seems like it's not one of those 10-1, 10-2 deals. Uh, so, I mean, I don't know, but it seems like it's more accessible uh, than the other, than the Jackrabbit's Palace plays. Um, so perhaps, yeah. Yeah, I just I want that. I, I, I want the FBI investigation. It's been, you know, obviously, you know, trying to catch up with, you know, the the that they've, you know, Cooper, who you know is not Cooper, is Mister C, has returned. And here they are now, like, you know, putting the pieces together. They're in Buckhorn. And I think that, you know, ultimately it'll lead to um, Twin Peaks. But it very well may go to Vegas first. I just think that Vegas, in these next couple of episodes, I think that um, we, we're going to have spend at least another two or three episodes in Vegas um, with, um, with, with Dougie and Janie E, with another hitman possibly, and with the Mitchum brothers and Mandy, Candy, and Sandy. I think that, that that's going to be, I think Buckhorn is somehow going to recede. The only thing that makes me think that Buckhorn isn't completely finished is the, the Woodsman. I mean, I, I really can't really wrap my head around Right, they're the why, most mysterious and interesting yeah. thing in the series so far, like at least to me. I think you can't just forget them unless they show up in Vegas, which could be cool. Well, they seem to only... <laughs> <laughs> they could do some damage in well, Vegas, for sure. Right. Yeah. Well, do you think if the Woodsmen do return that there, there will be the kind of anonymous woodsman? Or do you think like woodsman number one in the God of Light episode, the Abraham Lincoln woodsman, will actually return at some point? Uh, well, I think we've talked about this, but I would love for him to return, but I don't think he will. I think you even agreed with that, that he's somehow stuck yeah. in the 50s and that maybe they are just a leaderless, like they're, right. they're, they're, Bob is their leader. You know? Right. I was right. hoping there would be a main city, but uh, I don't think so. But I still don't understand their motives. But they seem to be, you know, just another incarnation of uh, evil spirits. You know, like they all have well, different species and genus and whatever, and that's them. They're the woodsmen. So we're 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 gonna we're gonna they're gonna be the main guys. I think. I mean, there's no one else. You know. Well, you mentioned long. also with the, during the part eight, the convenience store scene, that um, the the transition to mother before you get mother spewing you know the eggs and the bob bubble there's this kind of like vortex 
um, like this kind of funnel cloud, this this you know uh, you know vortex that oh, yeah, we after go the conjuring, through. Yeah, yeah. Right. We think yeah, that sorry. the the insinuation is that the woodsmen in the convenience store somehow are summoning uh, or evoking mother to you know eject you know spew forth the evil within into the, the realm and and the actual you know summation of that um, is the egg that ultimately hatches 11 years later in the same area I presume I'm assuming that's near white sands and then uh, and then obviously that bug goes into that little girl it would be so um, I think <laughs> I, I don't know the proper word here but to not have any kind of callback to that that section in 1956 with the, the two kids and the bug like if that's it like there's no other plot thread with that we don't find out who that was maybe just the teaser for season what... four we just threw it in there they're like what are you what are your ideas <laughs> right. for season four he's like like episode eight that's it right. take that no guy. but i it, it would be you know um really really uh something else i think um that that we just take that as its own entity 1956 it's it's not a parable Come on, but, someone's got to conjure mother in Twin Peaks. There's got to be a bug coming out of somebody's mouth or a woodsman or a city showing up in Twin Peaks. Some of those, one of those three things have to happen. Well, yeah, but why do we really connect mother in part three with that creature that spewed forth the eggs? Is that what's, why is, I mean, I can see it, but um, it's not like set in stone, obviously. We don't know. Who? Well, that's interesting because I just assumed that that's what it was because I don't sit there and examine it in close-ups and do all this shit that everybody else does. So I thought the consensus opinion was that that was the same uh, entity. You're saying that that's not – that's uh, unclear. I'm, un- I'm not sold on that at all. No, I'm not uh, – no. That whole room, right, in, in part three, it, it changed. Matters. You're making things more confusing, Tom. We're supposed to be <laughs> well, well, I just don't think it's as uh, you know, tied up you know, uh, because – I mean – Really, there's a connection, I think, possibly with the, the the glass box monster, with the the creature that we saw in part eight, uh, with all the eggs. I think that. But the mother, I mean, that could be anything. I mean, I, I don't necessarily think it's this that you know that same creature. I mean, I know what the you know the the correlation is is that she really is birthing, or she's you know the rift in time has allowed her to enter our realm, and now. You know, via the woodsmen spewing forth evil, you know, that will ultimately, you know, affect our major players in, in our narrative. But I think I, I, I'm not like completely like sold on that. And I'm not completely sold on the fact that we'll ever get a definitive answer as to who that mother, whoever was knocking on that door is. Um, or if the, the symbol on the playing card is that. I mean, there's very similar, uh, you know, but I'm still not sold on that. I think that there's a lot of curves in the narrative that Lynch and Frost uh, have for us. But I think that if you focus on the trifecta of Mr. C's narrative, Cooper's narrative, and ultimately Laura Palmer, because we're going to get here, get her. I just think it's a fact that that triangular triangle of, of plot threads merging at some point are going to give us like, you know, the answers that we need. I think the you know, the New York subplot, I think like, you know, what really was the zone? Why was Major Briggs there? The, you know, who Mother was? I think, you know, some of these answers, some of these questions aren't going to get answered. We're going to be left with dangles. We're going to be dangling and theorizing for decades about what all this means. I don't think it's all going to be tied up. 
Well, yeah, it's not a traditional structure. Obviously, it's not like a man versus man or man versus some Beowulf beast or Bob or whatever. Or it's like man versus himself in some weird way. This whole entire thing, like Dougie versus well, yeah, Cooper. Well, trying the themes to get home we, and be reborn. Well, no, it's the really, themes of like life was it all in him? It was they're going to go? You know, it was all in you all along. You just had to believe. Is that what's going to be the final line? Like, <laughs> you just had to wake up. You were you could have woken up at any time. It was like a Wizard of Oz. Yeah, it's going to be a Glenda of... the Good Witch appearance from Wildheart. Well, who was who actually played Glenda the Good I Witch surely, in Wildheart? Yeah. There you go. Yeah, he was the, even then he knew well enough to cast her as the embodiment of light. But um, yeah, no, I don't. Uh, I don't necessarily think that. Um, um, we're going to have, uh, like I said, all these definitive, uh, or not definitive, but like, you know, have everything wrapped up. I don't know how it's going to end. I don't think it's going to be a cliffhanger on par of season two. I think it's going to be left open enough. The door will be ajar for, you know, any kind of like possibilities if they decided to go into season four and beyond. But I do think that we're going to get resolution with those three major characters. Like I said, Cooper, Mr. C, and, and Laura Palmer. But um, how, it, how it resolves itself, I don't know. I just don't think we're going to have some climactic battle. I don't think it's going to be like that. Yeah, well, you know, it's very interesting. Like, you know, Twin Peaks didn't get nominated for the Emmys this year. But uh, looking at, like, how the leftovers were left out. And, well, no, 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 wonder, no, no. They didn't, they didn't qualify this year. Yeah, they're going to be next year. But I'm wondering, next year, I thought for sure out. they were going to be locked. You know, they're going to get a lock and win everything. But now I'm not so sure. Because if the leftovers is too weird for the Emmy voters, like, what is David Lynch going to be? You know, I wonder if they're too conservative to give him all the accolades, which I thought was going to seal up season four. They just rolled the bank truck at him. But, uh I don't know. I'm not so sure. I was really surprised at the leftovers and like Carrie Coon and you know, they got just shut out, which is really weird. Well, I think that there's a difference between the leftovers being like an actual series uh, competing with, you know, any number of other series that are equally as, uh, you know, um, uh, highly touted. I think like but The Handmaiden's Tale got like 13 nominations. Like that thing just popped out well, this year. That's very interesting. That like the, I guess The Leftovers never got good ratings. And Well, uh, Twin Peaks is going to be in the category of a limited series event. So I don't think there's going to be as many prestige shows. Prestige that's shows. true. I forgot about that. So they're yeah. going to wrap that up. It'll be like, yeah, I like think JFK they're, they're... biopics and like, <laughs> like what, <laughs> what else is going to be? The Henrietta Lack story? Or yeah, definitely win that one. Yeah, so, I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. But... Uh, well, do you have any last thoughts for uh, our episode today? Um, no, I don't think so. I mean, I think we, I mean, just um, like I said, the, uh, the, you know, going back to the, the, the Dougie aspect of it, I think that, you know, we're, we're not quite done with Vegas. I just want to reiterate that it's, there's not going to be an, an epiphany, I think, for Dougie. I think what's going to happen is, is that since he's being, you know, kind of led or clued in by the Lodge, whether it be the evolution of the arm or Mike, that um, that is going to somehow uh, affect, influence him to actually wake up. But I don't think it's going to be, and you've said this, Agent Cooper as, as, as we know him. I think he'll, he'll kind of get it, but it'll still be this slow evolution of, of, of retaining his identity and remembering who he was. Um, so, oh, oh, one other thing, Diane. I mean, if there's anything that really we haven't discussed with part 10 and beyond is, you know, how Diane is going to play a part in Mr. C's um, narrative or if she, you know, if, if she won't. I think that she will. I think she's an integral part now. Do you think we're going to see her next episode? 
If we see her next episode, then she's going to suddenly become like a major character. Because I would not think so. And maybe this is all like, you know, teasing us and she's not going to be, you know, some sort of uh, duplicitous evil minion or brainwashed, uh, you know, cohort or confederate, as you say, of Mr. C. But um, boy, it sure was intriguing the, the clues they left. But I think uh, inevitably, maybe there's going to be more hype than what reality is, because I see Lynch likes to tease us and make us run yeah. off on these little yeah. trails. So, you know, but I think that would be very compelling. You know, but I, I don't think we're going to see any resolution to that for at least this this episode. She's yeah, no, I don't know. I don't see her at all. I don't think she's going to have like a lot of screen time. I think when she is on screen, I think it's going to be, you know, very important. And I think that um, it'll it'll play a huge role in you know in, in Mr. C's narrative. I don't think that he would have cast Diane just as the token, you know, Laura Dern as Diane. And okay, we got it. After twenty five years, it's her. We see her. We get a little, know a little bit about her. And now, after this last episode, she is somehow involved, whether you know, um, you know, um, consciously or if Mr. C is actually just playing games with her. I think we're going to get a little bit more. I still think there's going to be a conversation with Cole about what happened that night, and I don't think it's a sexual assault. So I think that she's going. That might be someone on the uh, the, the Deadpool list, possibly is, uh, you know, Lord Dern Diane. or Diane. Yeah. Really, that's the really one scene I want to see. I want to see what happened that night. Not, I mean, I kind of get a visual picture of what happened during the Ruth Davenport incident. Like, right. I want to know what the fuck went on in her house. You right. know? That's really. And, and then finally, what are the odds that we actually see Audrey Horn in this episode? Five percent. <laughs> no, maybe this is it. Maybe this is the week. Let's just get it over with. Get it. Come on, now. Just dragging <laughs> it out. It's going to be disappointing. I guarantee you, it will be disappointing. I imagine it's not going to be a compelling storyline where I, I definitely don't think that she's going to get a great, you know, coveted role here that, that they're going to drop on us here at the end personally. Cause I right. thought that there was some rumor that maybe she wasn't even going to be in the series and that somehow she was at the end. There um, was a little bit of production drama, I think where she was actually supposed to be on location. Um, they, they started shooting on location in the Snoqualmie area, which, you know, um, is, you know, is the fictional twin peaks area. Um, and and I I'm pretty certain that she wasn't, and then she they figured out whatever they hashed out all their you know their issues, and then she showed up when they were I'm sure they were still doing location work, but probably more interior. So um, I don't think we'll see her on location in Twin Peaks. So um, that there, that might be an issue. Yeah, um, why um, that uh, we have not not that well we haven't seen her, but I think that um, if memory serves, there was. Um, going to be like some kind of like scene with all of the horns together that they were shooting in the Twin Peaks area but for some reason they couldn't work it out with Cheryl and Fenn and then what happened was I, I think that the original actor who played uh, Johnny Horn was cast but when Cheryl Lynn Fenn was unable to you know go on location or they couldn't sign her yet that when they did get her you know um, you know sign her up that that changed that they got another actor for Johnny Horn, so um, and that actor who played Johnny Horn that we saw is played by a stunt man. Um, really, so that's not the real Johnny. He it's looks not. Just there's like a him. third Johnny. For, there was yeah. one in the third, pilot, that's a third and then boy, there's a third Johnny. Right. Yeah. Get through Johnny's. Fast. So we'll see. Yeah. I don't think she's going to show up in this episode, but that's just a guess. I don't know. I think it's going to wait till like twelve or thirteen. 
Well, it was, uh, you know, we're very excited, and I think it's just ever since episode eight, I'm just like, you know, sit in front of the television like Dougie and just have no expectations. It's hard to predict, uh, you know, what the next episode's going to be when the last scene we saw was a giant rashed armpit just scratching away. Yeah, so I'm just going to sit back and enjoy it, and uh, we'll see what comes of it. Uh, in the meantime, uh, you guys can send us your feedback, ideas, comments to our chopping inside at Gmail uh, mail address, or find us on Twitter, Facebook. SoundCloud, iTunes, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Until next time, thanks for tuning in. Bye. It was Laura. And I saw her glowing in the dark woods. I saw her smiling. We were crying, and I saw her laughing. In our sadness, I saw her dancing. It was Laura, living in my dream. It was Laura. The glow was life. Her smile was to say, it was all right to cry. The woods was our sadness. The dance was her calling. It was Laura. And she came to kiss me goodbye.